I'd like to explain to you that I, uh, I've not spent time coming up with a uh, message for you, but I've had, I've spent time just listening to the Lord. And so probably where, wherever I will go in the next five, seven days, that will be the expression that I will, unless God would make a turn. And so I'm, I'm wanting you to know this is just something that God is talking to me about. And uh, I, f- I feel to share it with you today. Uh, Matthew, the ninth chapter at verse 18 Faith cometh by hearing the word of the Lord. Faith has been mentioned several times here this morning by each person and by the songs being sung. And uh, faith is a a key element to our, our walk and our relationship with God. Anybody here understand the name Alexander Scorby? If you plug into one of those Bible apps and you decide that you want to listen rather than read, you'll probably know the voice of Alexander Scorby. Now, I have thought at times it would be convenient and I, you know, would enjoy listening as the word of God was being read to me. But it only lasts about a chapter. And then I become wearied with this wonderful man's voice. And so for me, now everybody's different. When I'm, when I'm receiving ministry here, I am an auditory learner. I hear, I receive, and this is my method of learning in large part. And I've come to that understanding, okay? Did I just get him turned on? Sorry. So, uh, what's that uh, Amazon lady's name? Alexa? Shh. (laughs) So, I have learned that when I am reading the word of the Lord for myself, I think I hear in my own voice. I hear in the voice of my mind. I, I receive there where I'm not necessarily receiving very well listening. Now, now, my wife, she has better experience with that than I do. But again, the reason I say that, just because I'm hearing the word of the Lord being read to me or spoken to me, it does not seem to elevate my faith. But yet, as I read it, and I'm listening as I'm reading it, not out loud, but yes, in the voice of my mind and allowing God to talk to me, it elevates my faith. I can remember years ago, in, as a newborn Christian, I would walk around the building in Yakima with my Bible open at times because nobody else was in the building and just reading the Bible out loud. And I could do that 15, 20, 30 minutes, and I would feel a change in the dynamic of the room, it seemed to me. And I would realize my faith was rising as I would read the logos out loud to myself. But when I say to you, faith cometh by hearing the word of God. I'm talking about when God has spoke to you. About any situation, any matter, or any element in his word that he's wanting to raise to my attention. Now, to me, that's a now word. That's a now faith. At verse 18. While he yet spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler and worshiped him, saying, My daughter 
is even now dead. You realize that the four Gospels will relay at times the same story and, and focus on different elements that are taking place in what they saw or what they heard. And so you'll see differences, okay? This particular setting that's talking about, well, I'm not there yet. Hold on. My daughter is even now dead. Now listen to this next statement. But come and lay thy hand upon her, and she shall live. And I'm thinking, the, in the humanity of the man, Christ Jesus, he's given it one of these. Now that's faith. His daughter's dead. He has communicated she's dead. And he believes and says, if you'll just come and lay your hand upon her, she will live. Dude, we're going to get out. Next verse. And Jesus arose and followed him, and so did his disciples. And behold, while they are in transit, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years. Now, you recollect the story? Now, what you're used to reading is probably one of the other gospels where it speaks about, you know, her touching the hem of his garment and virtue flowing out of him. And he turns and says, who touched me? And, and, and communicates all this. And, but this does not speak of that portion, but focuses on one or two things. Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned him about, and when he saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was made whole from that hour. Now, it doesn't speak. It, it shares her thoughts, but it, is, it doesn't even relay the really or focus on the touching of the, the hem of his garment. And we've we've read and we've talked about the idea of the press of the crowd and there being so many people and having to, you know, get through there and somehow and in our mind we picture somebody crawling practically on their knees and and touching the hem of his garment. And because we have read those other accounts, we know that Jesus said, virtue flowed out of me who touched me now most times in scripture we read that people are bringing people to the lord and they are being healed as a uh you know as a as a an action and an, and an effort by the lord he would speak a word he would touch them uh, however it was that he would feel to do. And so people would come with the idea of... Okay. All on the wanting end, if you if you just touch me, if you just do something. Okay. Now, we know the Bible says that if there be any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Let them anoint with oil. Let them pray in the name of the Lord and the prayer of the faith. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Okay. And so, again, that's an action of, oh, let's take you to church. You should come. You're hurting. You're in pain. Would you? Why don't you come to church with me? And maybe they can pray for you. They might anoint you with oil. And uh, maybe the Lord will heal you. How many ever had that conversation? That all? You haven't run into any sick people nowadays? 
Everybody's sick nowadays. Let's do that again. Anybody had that conversation? Oh, thank you. A few more. And so in this particular situation, he turns and says to a woman, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith hath made thee whole. He didn't say, when I touched you, you became whole. When the elders laid hands on you, you were made whole. It was your faith. Now, remember what her faith was. In her thoughts, she's thinking, if I could but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now, that's, that's all on her end. Now, there may be things she heard. There may be things she saw that would feed that faith in her. But the Bible says God's given to everyone a measure of faith. Now, we have read, many of us at times, when the Lord said, where is your faith? Or you are a faithless and perverse generation. Okay? We see... Uh, from the derogatory side of things at times, when there was a lack of faith. Some, he would say, where is thy faith? Again, he had given to every man a measure of faith. And this particular woman exercised that measure. Now, I personally believe that there's commingling with our faith and his faith. Number one, if he gave me the faith in the first place, it was his to begin with. It's not a human faith. It's, it's not because I know a lot. It's probably more probable when I know nothing. I only believe. Yeah. Next verse. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and saw the minstrels and the people making noise, he said unto them, Give place, for the maid is not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when the people were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. And the fame hereof went abroad into all that land. Next verse. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him. I got out of the car the other day on an incline, pretty steep in the city. There was a man facing downhill with a stick. I don't know what else to call it. But he was walking backwards up this sidewalk like this. And now that, you know, that kind of gets your attention. I watched over there and I wasn't, I guess he must just figured this is easier for me to do this this way. But he was obviously blind. He was listening to the sidewalk squawker, you know, wait, wait. And all those things that go along with that. These two blind men followed him, crying out. I don't think they were crying like, uh. <laughs> they were crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming, oh, wait, next verse, sorry. Okay, when he was come into the house, the blind men came to him and said unto them, no, no, sorry. When he was come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus saith unto them. It's a question mark. Believe ye that I am able to do this? He knew what they were asking. He knew what they were expecting. 
But he, he's wanting to know where their faith is. You know, he, he's laying hands on a lot of sick people. There's people being healed everywhere. And he's saying, do you believe? His approach seems to have shifted and changed in this particular situation, which would tell me even what he's wanting to do, he's wanting to do this thing predicated on them, not him. Oh, he's able. Supernatural. It's the dimension above the natural realm. And which was prevailing wherever he would go. But I get the idea that he expected something should be changing in these people. Their faith should be rising up, rising up, becoming elevated. That from their faith, the supernatural would take place in their lives. Do you see any difference in my fingernails here on my hand? No? They look the same? A few more, a little more evidence here. See any, anything? Okay. So one day, I see a line starting to develop down the middle of my fingernail. Right, this one, right here. And I'm thinking, I wonder what that's all about. It seems to be starting back here under my skin, but it seems to be coming out with the nail. And then it became more pronounced, and then it became deeper, and then it split right in two. What in the world is going on with that? Finger's a little bit dead on the end. My wife, her only answer is always sugar diabetes. <laughs> You need to be taking your medicine, which I do not, okay? And so that's not the answer for everything. And I'm, it's really starting to bother me, and then it starts to turn color, it turns black. Hmm, I don't think I smashed that anywhere, but it looked like I'd smashed it. And I thought, what in the world is going on? Well, then it started bubbling up. It looked like a claw. And I was getting a little bit conscious about it. Whenever I'd speak, I'd hold my left hand over my right hand. And I didn't know what to do. I was being troubled. I told a few people, pray for my fingernail, man. I don't know what's going on here. Well, it bothered me so much. I went to the nail salon and got a fake fingernail. They said, you got to come back eight to ten days. You can't leave it on there. What? We're going to do this again? I did it four or five times for about a month and a half. I'm back. And I'm not seeing any change. Well, then I had to go to a meeting back east, and I'm in this meeting, and I'm in a conversation across the table from Brother Wright, and, and I'm, you know, I'm talking and like this, and, and he says, what's wrong with your finger? It's been this way for months. I don't know. I've asked for prayer. I don't know. And it hadn't changed. I'm in the car one day. And I'm driving down the road. And when I turned the wheel, there was a smell that passed my nose. Now, I know what dead skin smells like. Well, wait. I know what dying skin smells like. And that was the smell. Let me tell you what came into my spirit. I rebuked the spirit of death. I rebuked death right now. This driving down the road. Do you know a week later, it was gone. And I can't even see the evidence of it. Now, it seems to be a pattern with the Lord to take me through things uh, so that I will learn. Does, does he do that with anybody else? He takes you through scenarios, and he knows the end from the beginning. And so he's 
teaching. And I never forgot that feeling that I refused to allow that to continue. I knew greater in he, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I rebuke the doubt. And I, I know, I know. I reached out and took the hem of his garment. In that moment in the car. And it affected the natural world in my life. Now, I can tell you several more stories like that. For me. In other words, it was no longer about me. Go, Understand when I say it this way. This was no longer about me now going to the elders and saying, pray for me. I'm in trouble. I have pain. I have a problem. Okay. My level of faith was rising to a place. Now, again, it was faith that came into my spirit. So now, was that my faith? Was that his faith? I don't know. I don't know that it really matters, but it was faith. And when I made a expression and verbalized it, something immediately happened. I don't know why the Lord does things the way he does I don't know why. I could tell you of instantaneous healings when other people were involved. Uh, I can tell you of time. I, I got to tell you this. I was over here doing ministry. I was in a trailer, and uh, I was in the Toppenish Nation RV Park. It's closed now. I don't know what happened to my foot, but my foot started curling like this. What in the world is that? What's going on? And it was hurting really bad. And it was getting worse. And then in, into the night, I had a visit. It was not the Lord. And I had been communicating faith and healing and, and waiting on the Lord, you know. And that voice accused me. You still want to do this? You, are you sure about all this? You liking what you're feeling? I literally called somebody and begged them to bring me four Advil. I was in pain, pain, pain. But now it was 12, 2 in the morning, and I didn't know what in the world was going on. The next day, I decided it's time to go home. Now, it was my left foot. I remember that because I could still use the accelerator. But hooking up my trailer to the rig and doing all that you have to do, it was terrible. I'm out there practically in tears, and I'm, you know, I'm just moving like that. And I'm thinking, there are people out here. Why isn't anybody offering to help me? But they didn't. They just looked and watched. And I'm suffering, and it takes me an hour to hook up the crazy trailer and get into it and drive back for two hours. And I thought, well, if I've ever had a reason to stay home, I got one now. But God put a message in my spirit. All right, I can't stay home. I'm going. So I go, and I take the mic and begin to minister, teach, whatever it was. Well, there was an anointing, but there was a zeal that overcame me in my communicating, and I leaped in the air off my good foot, only to realize I'm coming down on that bad foot. And when my foot hit the floor, it was like lightning came up through the floor and up through my leg. The Lord instantaneously healed me, and I ran around the church several times. Now, there were a lot of witnesses there. They saw me come in. And that happened in a moment. Now, I've had those kinds of experiences. I've also had the experiences that it seemed like I would be under a, a physical burden for 10 months. And some affliction was attacking my body. And yeah, I was getting prayer and all that. But I don't know why. I don't know why. I've, we prayed for a, a young lady with a withered arm for as many years as I can remember. But when we were in the Ukraine ministering in a meeting, there was a situation where the Lord healed a man sitting on the front row that was born with a withered arm. And he shot it out and began to scream. 
He said immediately. The Lord filled the messenger's heart. Now the missionary has said that today he travels around the country sharing this miraculous situation. I don't have time to share all the details of that, but it was, they're very minor details. But I saw that. I saw it with my own eyes. Okay. Now, those things affect my faith. They feed my faith. That doesn't mean I go around looking for withered arms. I don't go around looking for anything, but I believe like Peter and John going to the temple that day. Look on us. There's something I felt when I passed by and you opened your mouth and spoke. It registered with my spirit. And then God put into my spirit words to speak. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And he pulled them up. And all of a sudden, the guy had strength in his legs outside the temple. That, that wasn't in the second service. It was outside the temple. Now, this statement that Jesus makes to the blind men, do you believe that I can do this? Now, this word is a word that gets used in many situations. Are you a believer? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a believer. Okay, explain that to me. Well, you know, I raised my hands one day and said I believe. That there's a big difference. I'm going to tell you why there's a big difference. Because the Bible says all things are possible to them that believe and that call upon his name. So there, there is a dimension of believings. The Bible also says, he that believeth and is baptized should be saved. There's a dimension in believing that causes me to obey and to act on that believing. That will bring me ultimately to a place of salvation according to the scripture. It's got to be according to the scripture. So... Remember the words of Jesus, O ye of. So we know there are, there's scale, there's scale in faith. And I really believe the greatest faith is when I have heard a word from the Lord and act on that word that he gave me. Okay. Let's pray for a minute here. We trust you, Lord. We believe you. We believe you, Father. All things are possible to them that believe. With God, all things are possible. There's nothing impossible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We will, uh, we will always contend with the natural, our own natural, our own natural. And therefore, even when God speaks, we measure it. At times, we measure it. You know that scripture that says, be careful for nothing? I think there's an idea in the scripture that you can come, that we should come to a place of nothing else matters. You said it, I'm going to believe it. Okay. But I have observed and, and listened and probably spoke out myself where I will, not intentionally, but I will contend with the word of faith with my rationale. You know, yeah, but that's not possible. Well, that's the whole point. And so we rationalize and, you know, even we'll get direction to move into a situation, okay, that will de demand of us commitment. 
It may be financial commitment. It may be work commitment. I don't, I don't know. But yet, our mind will go to work, and we will begin to rationalize, you know, it could, could God do? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? That's the scripture. That's not me asking. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No. Nothing. Now, you know, I could have come to you and said, look, look at my finger, man. Would you pray with me? Sure, sure, brother. I love you. You know, in the name of Jesus, Lord, touch his poor fingernail. And then afterwards, say, listen, I got a good doctor. Uh, I think you should go see him and show him that because that may be, you see what happens? The mind goes to work as though, look, I'm going to pray for you, but you know, it's not really likely that God, he may not be interested in your fingernail. Now let it rise here. Let it rise in this room. Yes. To the unquestionable. Jesus. Full of faith. His faith. His word. Years ago, many years ago, I was praying. I was in the church. I was alone. And uh, it came to me to begin to pray for uh, a man and his family in Pakistan. I don't know anybody in Pakistan, but it, it came to me. I didn't call a name. I said, there's a man in Pakistan or something, and I'm praying for your, his protection and upon his family and, you know, all this. And, and, and it, there was a release. I didn't have a clue what that was all about. Then I feel a prompting of the Lord. Go check your email. I go and check my email in my office. Load up the computer. This is back in the days of Juno, free email, and a thousand ads and all the junk. And one email downloads. And it says, my name is such and such, and I am from the country of Pakistan. And I'm asking you to pray for the safety of me and my family. See, this is back before wireless. There was a wire that went down the trim and out the door and up to the pole. And then I don't know where it goes, but I guess they got lines that can go under the ocean, you know, so you can make a phone call over the line to reach somebody in another country. And the, and, and we thought that was something click, ready, type, click. Pretty soon a message comes back. You're it. Is a miracle. No, this is the miracle. When the Lord said, I had that working years ago. I could, could put it into your spirit and have you to pray, and it would touch a situation on the other side of the world. Now, see, we're still behind the times here. Now we're in wires. You think of wire? Are you kidding me? Wires? And we think that is such a leap. But the real leap is, again, if, if a man has faith as of a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto yonder mountain. Right. You know, every day I look over and I'm right here and thinking, that's a witness for that verse. And then I look down at the Puget Sound water and it says, you shall say unto yonder mountain, be thou cast into the sea. And every day I look at that, I think, that's what the Bible says. It's a witness to the word of God. Yes. And so it should have bearing on my faith. Yes. Now, I like to humanize just a little bit the Lord. I mean, I can see him. 
You're going to go back to it. No, I know. For most, it's like, do you think I can do this? <laughs> Child. And they said unto him, yes. Yes, yeah, Lord. I'm believing. Next verse. Then touched he their eyes, saying, because I touched you. No. He said, according to your faith. He didn't even say, you know, be thou whole. He didn't say, see in the name of the Lord. He didn't say, I rebuke the blindness from your eyes. Let the scales fall down to the ground. I mean, that's all very evangelistic and everything, and it sounds good. He never made a reference to the condition. He touched it. But he said, this ain't on me. This is going to be on you. According to your faith, be it unto you. What am I believing? What, what is it? What is possible to believe God for? Do we allow the, the human element that we'll always live with? Contend against the faith of the word of God and against his expression? Or do we know? No, I heard from the Lord. I'm acting on this because he said, and I'm acting. This is where my faith is. And in this scenario... Wherever their faith was, you know, you see these notches. Is their faith down here? Is, are they of little faith? Are they struggling to have any faith? Did they come begging, please touch me and I'll be whole? Or is their faith up here like the other guy said? My daughter died. Come. According to your faith. Now, let me tell you when this came. There's times when I'm praying recently, I'm saying in the last year. You know, it takes a process of time to uh, mortify the deeds of the flesh. Or I'll say, you know, get push, push flesh back. And that would be with human reasoning and all that human element, okay? And begin to wait on the Lord. I, I, I think this has been a process of time through life, but it's also now relative to calling and timing where we are now in the time clock. And so I have found that God has put it into my spirit to pray things that are outlandish. It's like, is anybody in here? Nobody's here. Okay. Go ahead with this. Right. Me and you, Lord. Go ahead. Come on, let's go. And I have found myself, myself, I'm only one, praying things that are impossible. I know they're impossible in the natural realm. And so I was, I was kind of thinking about that while I was praying. I know it's your expression. I know that you're putting this into my heart to pray. But I feel like I'm alone because if I share it with others, they look at me like, mm, mm-hmm, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm. Other preachers. I'm careful about where I share it. But I'm not careful about lending myself in prayer for it. 
no matter what it is. And the Lord speaks to me while I'm dealing with these thoughts, this portion of scripture. And says, according to your faith, be it unto you. Yes. You let me lead you in your praying. And that expression of faith will absolutely invoke the natural properties that have to come into alignment with that spiritual direction. That's what happens. When we pray the prayer of faith for the sick. The word of God has set order. And so we have we follow order, but specifically as we are led to situations. I was in a meeting years ago, had been there a week, and it had been a pattern that each time I would come back from this meeting, I would have specific direction and usually about specific people. So I would go and either tell somebody something or uh, pray for a situation or rebuke something. And I had come back from a meeting and I remember uh, I had got into the company of Sister Lily Behar and I said to Sister Behar, you know, the Lord spoke to me about one person in this last week in this meeting. It was your husband, Pete. And I'm supposed to go and pray for him. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, thank you. Wonderful. Two days go by. Three days go by. Four days go by. And Sister Bayhar asked, what are you doing? I thought you were going to go pray for Pete. Well, uh, yeah, I was waiting to see, you know, when at the time felt like. And the Lord checked me and said, what's this got to do with your people? I told you to do something. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, geez, thank you, Lord. And so as I gathered myself back together, I thought, okay, I'm going to go in the most adverse and difficult time for me in my humanity. I'm going to go in the dark. They lived way out in Timbuktu and it was dark. They had dogs tied to their porch. I didn't have Molly then. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I'm going under these conditions and did shook all the way up that front porch and into that house. Talked to Pete for a while and prayed for him. I don't know what the Lord did that day, but I was obedient to the command of the Lord. If he said, go pray for him, I, I'm believing that God intends to do something to that prayer. I don't have to look for evidence, look for, you know, any magical situation that happened. But I have to know in that, in being obedient. Just like the man with the withered arm. Who would have known that was going to happen? Or the finger. Or the foot. If, if you're go, walking through an adverse situation now, look and listen. Look, let me say it again. Look and listen and be wide-eyed paying attention to what is it? What is it that God is wanting to show me, teach me, speak to me about, raise my level of faith, whatever it is. Because in my note, my most of my situations, I didn't see an end to the thing. I was preparing mentally to deal with the forever effect of it. According to your faith, be it unto you. That's the word of the Lord. According to your faith, be it unto you. The hearts were in Puyallup years ago when on a Sunday morning, the Lord gave me a message. I feel faith. 
we were struggling with the facility that we had. It was it leaked like a sieve. They, we put six buckets, I think, in the foyer every time it rained. Really, where the people walked in, they had to step around those buckets of water. If if somebody got excited and ran and ran against the back wall, their fingers would go into the sheetrock. Bad. But I felt faith and I said, I think we should write a letter to the owners of this property and ask them to give it to us. They were real estate developers. They had more than enough. And so we wrote the letter. Everybody agreed. Had faith. We sent it. They sent a letter back. Said we'd like to vacate it. What? What? Are you kidding? Why would they do that to us? Oh, dear God. Did I get ahead of you? Oh, what? I think that same week, New Convert went home and opened the newspaper and it said church in Puyallup for sale. Price cut in half. We went, we looked, we bought. We've never taken an offering for that property. We had very little money. We put a down payment. We did a little remodeling, and the rest is history. We have functioned with it. You know, let me tell you something that happens. There's a lot of people that have come and gone. And for those that have come, see, they, they're not, they don't, they don't know that story. But those that were there, they knew what the hand of the Lord did. But let me tell you what else the Lord did. There was a, an older couple in their senior years, lived in Florida, had come and visited their granddaughter one time. Well, they they said to each other, you know, I'm missing that little church up in Puyallup. Uh, what do you say we just move back up there? They sold two houses in a week's time. They moved up to Puyallup. They were attending for some time, but on a Wednesday night, they said, can we speak to you for a minute? Privately? Sure, geez, what's going on now? And they said, we have a piece of property out on, I think it was 160th or 150th, somewhere out there. It's not real good property. Matter of fact, her son went out on drugs and cut all the timber down and sold it off. So it's a lot of wetlands. If you don't, you probably don't understand what that is on this side. It's all wet over there. Well, It may be that if we quit claim it to the church, donate it, that God would bless it. I wasn't for sure what was happening in that dialogue, except I heard the part, it's not real good land. I knew there would be taxes involved. And I didn't know if he's just trying to get But I think he heard from the Lord. Maybe if we donate it, God will bless it. He'll take what is not good in some way. He'll use this. And we held on to it, what, five or six years? Five years. And it came to me one morning, get up and list it on Craigslist for sale. So we listed it for sale. We got one phone call. Uh, somebody worked for the school district. I said, if you don't mind me asking, why would you buy this piece of property? It's like 80% wetland now. Yeah, he said, you know, there's a, a, a rule or a law that you can take and displace wetlands from one property onto another property. We have another property that we're developing, but we want to displace the wetlands onto that other piece, make it wetter, according to the county. Okay. Him and his dad bought it. He bought it for the price we paid for the building in Puyallup. So in essence, no, in reality, in reality, God provided that building at no cost to us. Now, according to your faith, be it unto you. 
See, the Lord brought these situations. That was one of them to my mind the other day when I was praying at the church. And he said, you remember this? Do you remember this? This is precedent. I can do this to, for you 10 times over. I can bring an individual into the picture and act upon them. See, I didn't have, I didn't have a clue that that was even a fact, uh, that they had property or anything else. Quiet man, just a gentle man. Hurley Haga was his name. And so the Lord showed me I can do this in any moment and any time. And I know the right time and I know the right situations and I can bring these things together. If you'll wait on me and express your faith in me. Now, you know, right room here, you know, we merged the congregations on the other side and we're at a room there. You know, when everybody shows up, it's like, uh oh, what are we going to do? Well, usually there's enough people that don't show up. We don't have to deal with that. No, we don't hammer on anybody. You should be here. But they kind of, there's a kind of a self-management thing. You always got 26. You always got this and that. And so it's like, we're okay, we're okay. This, is, this will be okay. Last week, it was not okay. It was not okay. But that's when the Lord spoke to me and said, I can do this in a moment. There's buildings all over this county. I know what you need. I know what you need. I want to share another situation because he also brought this situation to my remembrance in the same time when he spoke to me and said, according to your faith, be it unto you. I'm praying for the area pray for other things, but there is a concentration that I'm praying for the area. And I don't mean the town. I mean the region because God's put that region in my heart from British Columbia down to Olympia. There's a lot of towns involved there. And there are times when the Lord puts it into my spirit to begin to call them out. I don't call it everyone because I'm not looking at a map, but as God will list them in my mind and I will express them out, I am praying for the lost, because I know that he's not willing that any one of them should perish, but that all would come to repentance. He wants to save all. He came to seek and to save that which is lost. So, I was driving over the pass from this side, heading that way one day, and I got a call from my friend, Brother Bruce Bartell, and, and he says, uh, you got him in? He said, uh, there's a, there's a family here in the church, and they were talking with me, and they, they have a family member that's up in the Maple Valley area, and uh, they want to find something. They said something's happening in this man's life. Now, they, they've always been separated from us. They've had no contact with us, but there's something going on. Would you mind connecting with him and talking with him? I said, sure. I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to pass by Maple Valley in about 45 minutes. I don't remember who called, he called, they called, I called, I don't know. But we connected and I said, uh, if you want, I'll stop at uh, the Starbucks there in Maple Valley and we can sit and visit. That'd be great. I'll be there. Okay. So I go <clears throat> sit down with this man, looks a little rough, and he tells me he just got a haircut. Well, I didn't realize his hair was with his waist and he had this big full beard. But he said, I was in the military and I was... Like he did like seven or eight tours in different places. He was in the technical end of things. He wasn't, you know, shooting tanks or anything like that. But he said, I, I got into some very dark things. And as they came into my life, it caused me to push back at my family. He said, I haven't talked to my parents for several years. I haven't talked to my sisters. And I have been separated from them. Okay. He said, the other day, I went to the smoke shack. I was getting some uh, chewing tobacco. He said, when they gave the receipt back to me, I looked at it, and it said $6.66. I don't know why, but it triggered something. And sitting in the QFC parking lot, Jesus came into my truck. 
Tell me more. He said, I began to sob and weep, and God began to show me my life and talk to me about situations. Really, really, really. So from that, I simply went down a road through Scripture to show him this is what the Lord is wanting to do with you. And then we parted company. It was a week later, he asked if I would stop by and talk to him again. And so I did, driving over, went into Starbucks. I'm waiting for him. And a man walks through the door. It's him. He don't look like him. I'm not talking about his haircut and his, you know, he had shaved his, I'm just, what I saw in the natural was not what got my attention. His demeanor. You want to know what true repentance looks like? True repentance. I, I, I sat back in my chair. I'm thinking, are you the same guy? And we went down, we went through more scripture again. And then he started telling me about his wife and her experiences over the years, and she was pushing back. She didn't want nothing to do with this. Okay. We parted company. He had agreed he needed to be baptized. And so the next Sunday he came to the church. The family from California flew up. And during the worship service, God filled him with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We baptized him. His family was there. His kids were there. They had nothing to do with it. His wife was there. And so they go home. They've already told me we plan to move to Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Okay, okay. And so a couple nights in, I call Brother Johnstone, Nick Johnstone. And we're talking about, I said, somebody needs to get there in the next couple of days. I'm telling you. This situation with her, his wife pushing back, pushing back, and all that God's trying to do in their lives. Somebody needs to get there. Well, by the time we got off the phone, I realized I'm the guy. I need to make the trip. It's a two-hour drive. I go over there. I spend three hours there, and I drive home. I answer every question as the Lord gives me grace to do so, and she had a bunch of them, and she was pushing back and pushing back and pushing back. I wasn't sure which way it was going to go, but I got home at, I don't know, 1 o'clock in the morning. Not my time to be out on the roads. And I got a text early in the morning. I just thought you would want to know. I went out to my shed to pray this morning. My wife came out. And she prayed. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. And the Lord says to me, I did that. I'm not willing that any would perish. I came to seek and to save that which is lost. My spirit goes throughout the land, and I am drawing people by my spirit. No man cometh to the Father except the Spirit draw him. Now I'm engaged. Are you? How many are there? His name's Four Salmons. Oh, here's what I didn't tell you. They went back to Murfreesboro. You know, he had asked me, you know, any good churches in the area? And I looked up some. And, and before I could relay them to them, the Lord said, you don't think I can handle this? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, okay, okay. Four, God has obviously been leading you up to this point. He's going to lead you on where to go. He's going to lead you. Just listen to him. He did. Within a few months, the kids were baptized, received the Holy Ghost in their Sunday school classes. They have become an integral part of that assembly. 
Now here's the checkpoint. Oh, you're moving out of state. Okay. Now, are you kingdom minded or are you assembly minded? Time. What time is it? Oh, I still got some time. <laughs> you know, there are people in the far reaches that he's wanting to use you. Not necessarily to make a journey, but maybe, maybe. But to pray and believe that with God, all things are possible. That nobody's unreachable. No situation is unreachable. That the dynamics can shift in a moment. They can pull up to a smoke shack and buy some cigarettes. And the Lord used the receipt to trigger their heart and their mind and send them in a direction where they begin to cry out to him. There's nobody unreachable. Don't let the pattern of life dissuade you go back again go back again importunity in prayer importunity in prayer according to thy faith not according to the circumstance to see if all things play out well let's see how it goes no, no, no. according to thy faith be it unto you I pray right now that every soul would receive an example Lord and the evidence is in their own life that they will see the forever settled word is true and they will speak the word of faith they will pray the word of faith they'll lay hands on the sick they will pray and speak redemption in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand with me right now? Hands raised. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you and him right now. An expression of your faith. An expression of your faith to the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you're not praying in hope, you're praying in faith. In faith, believing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is between you and the Lord right now. Between you and the Lord right now. I'd encourage you, set your attention on the Lord. Let your faith be what He's... If you'll focus on the Lord right now, He'll quicken words to your spirit to pray.
Some of you are waiting on me. The Lord is just present and waiting on you. You've heard the word of the Lord this morning. And there's something in me that says, I just want to begin to talk to him and hear from him and then speak some things in faith about situations. If you have received the word and you believe the word, I would entertain the presence of God and yield to him and wait on his words for situations, for people, for circumstances. I wouldn't be in a hurry to just move on. If you believe you've received the word of the Lord, I would be praying and I'd be seeking his face about people and names and places and circumstances. I'd get direction from him and begin to pray and say, Lord, according to your word, so is my faith. I'd begin to release my faith to him about situations. In the name of Jesus. Well, we heard it from the word. Jesus didn't go lay his hand on the woman. Her faith reached out and God acted. You got to move past going, if somebody will come and pray for me. No, if you'll set your faith on the Lord Jesus right now. Quickening word of God is here. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Santo Rey de 